Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast. My name is Dwayne, and today we have another episode of Monday Morning Movies. As always, I'm joined by my co-host for the Monday Morning Movies show. We have Brett from bam tv Brett, how are you? Pretty good this morning, Dwayne. You know, I uh, just finished up school for this semester last week, so I finally have a bit of free time on my hands after like four months. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the break. I know it's great. I'm, I'm excited to get back into this show. Um, I always think this is a great way to start to kick off the week as far as content goes. So I'm always excited to uh, speak to you about some movies, video games, all that kind of stuff. Um, all right. On the schedule today, we usually for these uh, for this newer version of the uh, morning movie show, uh, we usually put up a poll on Twitter and we let we let we let all of you choose the topic. But there's just so much going on in the world of like movies and drama and media and stuff. So I figured we could, we just discuss all of that today. And then maybe when things die down <laughs> next week, we can just get back into like the poll kind of format um, or get back into what we watch for the week, whatever you guys prefer. But with, without being, with there being no movies like out, um, it's really, it's really it's it's kind of gets difficult for us to do that but we do have wonder woman coming out soon so hopefully we can get back into that old classic format because listen that was some of like that sunday version of the show was like one of my favorite shows that i ever ever did you know um i actually go back to those listening to those shows a lot because i I, I really liked i really liked what we did i guess we kind of had to change it around because of the pandemic and it wasn't like new movies every week but i feel like We've gotten enough new stuff lately where we can probably probably try to get into that. And then next year we'll have like some new stuff each week, it looks like. So hopefully we can, we can get back into that old format because I do miss it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe the, the weekend of uh, Wonder Woman, which is next weekend, not this weekend, uh, we can talk about it that Monday. Are you, are, you, are you going to a theater or are you watching it at home? I'm going to try to get to a theater. As it currently stands, my local theater has remained open since I think like July. Um, tickets aren't up yet, but I'm expecting them to go up tomorrow, so I'm hoping they get to see it in theaters so um the wonder woman 1984 was definitely a movie that i wanted to see in theaters um by the way everyone i may if i, if I sound stuffy i'm sorry i'm fighting a cold um drinking some tea right now um yeah so wonder woman 1984 was a movie that i definitely wanted to see in theaters um and warner brothers they're doing the thing where they do the two-week screener like there's, there's a screening tomorrow for it um in my in like in my downtown but i'm not gonna go i just um you know i don't think it's i think it if it's if it, if this was releasing in a movie theater that i know nobody goes to i definitely go and see it in a theater but the fact that most of that most of the major theaters around me are very very popular movie theaters so i definitely see i definitely see the screening tomorrow uh being really really packed and i'm just i don't, I don't have time for all that um so i'd rather just <laughs> Stay safe, watch it at home. Sadly, but luckily I have a really good TV, so um, I am excited to watch it at home. And it's going to be the first movie that they have in 4K um, in Dolby, Atmos, all that technical stuff. And I'm really excited to watch it at home, actually. Um, but hopefully in the future, I mean, we'll get into Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers uh, soon, but hopefully in the future we can get into, like, we can, I can go back to the theater and see those movies, but, um, yeah, I think I'm just gonna wait for the Christmas day, wake up Christmas morning and watch it that morning, like I did with Mulan, um, so I'm excited for that. I think Alex is going to the screener, 
God bless the guy. <laughs> Hope he has fun. But yeah. Um, okay, so the first big news that we can kind of get into right now is all the fallout from the Disney Investor Day. So there was a lot. We had a very long show on uh on um Friday night. We had a very long show talking about um everything that happened for the investor day it was about a two-hour show because it was just so much that happened um i wanted to get your quick thoughts on the uh on the uh kind of format that they that they did as a whole like the event as a whole um a lot of people before you go a lot of people were like at first when it started was calling it really 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 boring but then i was like you got to realize that this is not a hall h or this is not this d23 this is an an investor kind of call and being a wrestling fan they had these kind of quarterly kind of calls every like every quarter you know Mm -hmm. um and it's not it's not meant to be exciting but i think i would give them credit for making it exciting because because these it's an investor kind of event it's not for the people but they 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 used most of the uh of the event like when it came to like the the uh content about the fans so i and i really i really like think that's a cool thing you know because they could have easily done like a d23 virtual kind of thing but they instead they did like a they they merged it all together and i really enjoyed that because i was somebody after fandom i was like i have no idea why marvel or disney is not doing anything like this you know but this was kind of it it had the whole we had like the the format of people in front of green screens talking trailers so i thought it was a huge success as a whole what'd you think yeah no i completely agree with what you said there i think a lot of people had like mixed expectations on this because you're right normally if it wasn't 2020 it would have been just a plain old boring investors call but they kind of decided to merge everything together to make it something special right like you said d23 and hall h and things like that because like we didn't get that this year so they decided that hey we're just gonna put all of our eggs in one basket and that was this disney investor call so i really enjoyed it i thought that they they kind of did a bit of both because they did still have some of that stuff in the beginning where like hey it is still very much an investor's call but then that last like little while my head was spinning with how many announcements were coming out like every two or three minutes it was like oh there's this show coming out and this movie's coming out and a few trailers and here and there and it it was insane the amount of content they showed off feige is so calm he's like hey fantastic four also we have a i'm like dude you gotta let me breathe for a second (laughs) oh no he's a boss man he's just he's so nonchalant with it because he knows that disney is just this fucking mega beast that can't be beaten so he's just he's confident is what he is and i give him credit for that but yeah just the sheer amount of stuff that they showed off is absolutely insane now whether all of that comes to fruition or not is kind of where my worry lies. I wouldn't say worry because I'm excited more than anything, but there is always that issue. Like we always refer back to uh, DC when Suicide Squad came out. They're like, oh, we're getting Nightwing. We're getting Batgirl. We're getting a Harley Quinn spinoff, a Joker and Harley spinoff. Yeah, Jared Leto, yeah. And then okay. none of it happened. So I'm <laughs> almost afraid that they're jumping the ship because people okay, like think yeah. back to just Solo Solo nearly bombed at the box office because people said that they were already getting sick and tired of Star Wars Wars. content. And now because of the Mandalorian success, they're like, all right, here's 10 Disney Plus shows over the next like two years. So I'm afraid that people are going to get Star Wars out again. And a lot of this isn't actually going to happen. So I do I, think I do think regarding the announcements, it did feel very Warner Brosy. Like, yeah. all right, I don't think you, you can announce 
listen, I think it's cool to announce to have 10 in your mind or planned, but I think you should be safe and announce five, you know? Yeah. Like Star Wars, like I was like, dude, like I'm excited, but dude, this is a lot. It's a lot of content. It really is. So it's exciting as a fan, but it's also, you got to remain cautiously optimistic because you really don't know how much of this is, hey, like three days ago, we thought, you know what? Let's do an Ahsoka show because of how popular that episode was of The Mandalorian and how much yeah. of it, like Cassian Andor, is actually like actively in development and being shot and edited. And you know what I mean? Because like yeah, Cassian yeah. Andor is still not even until 2022 and they're just like shooting now, right? So how far off are some of these other shows? Like, is it, are we in the script stages? Are we just like in idea stages? Or was it just like, we should do something like this. Okay, let's just do up a quick logo and then announce it. So <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm like, how much of it is actually going to happen? I will say that I I think I think uh, Disney has more of a well has more of a uh, better track like, record. Yeah, than definitely like do. And even a Sony because definitely. when I look at Sony and I, they're like, oh, we have Madam Web, we have this guy and that guy and that character. Yeah, I'm like okay, Sony, you've done this before. We'll see. One exactly. Oh, we have the trench. We have this. We have that. We have a, a a peacemaker, and we have a plastic man. And then I'm like, okay, Warner Brothers, like you've done this. If you go back to like 2017, and you look at like their slate, they had like Green Lantern Corp set for like this year. Mm-hmm. Last year was like what? Last year was like Batgirl. Oh yeah, Flash and Cyborg and everything else. And Batgirl with Joss Whedon was probably which probably would have been horrible given how like how like how create how like sexist he is and whatnot. Um. So yeah, I um. I, I definitely agree, but I do think like the one the one kind of example you can go with Marvel as far as like announcing stuff was when I think it was like their phase three yeah. slate and they had the inhumans and this people and that person and I'm like it just never happened. Well the inhumans happened, but it was a disaster, you know? Yeah. Um so I get, few, but for the most part, they stuck pretty close to us. They stuck pretty close to those like release dates, and I remember when Avengers, like Infinity War, was supposed to be like two parts, and and there was it was just yeah they uh they they they've had situations where they're uh, with with as far as their announcements, but I do think they have a more they have a more like well being when it comes to their fan base, and they have more trust when it comes to their to their fans and whatnot. Uh-huh. So it doesn't really bother me that they announced so much. I knew I was gonna see Twitter the the, the cinephiles who are like, <laughs> oh my god, like this is a monopoly, and this is this is all they care about money and and whatnot. With some of their favorite studios, like a A twenty four cares about the same thing. Like when A twenty four is fucking trying to sell me money, candles. money. That's what like, they do. They right, are it, it's just what. This is what this is what happens. A twenty four is over here trying to sell me a fucking candle and a fucking <laughs> towel, and I'm like, are you kidding? You know, let Disney come out of nowhere with a Disney fucking candle and towel, and let's see the the, the discourse of that. You know, so listen, I I had a good time with it. I wasn't somebody who was like, oh my god, I, I can't fucking do this. This is too boring. It's like because I thought I went in there without any expectations. I said this is going to yeah, be me awesome. too. It's probably gonna they're probably gonna release like two bit of big news and that's it you know because it's an investor day it's not then when I saw that they were streaming it and then I saw the format the layout that they were doing as far as uh when I logged in I was like oh this is like bigger than what um than what it well than what I was ex- expecting it to be um 
then it started and i was like oh, i mean this is what i expected then they went into not even just star wars and, and like uh marvel they went into like fx and disney animation and pixar and all that stuff so um what are some of the things that you're you're excited about i know it was, it was a lot but what's uh what's some of the things that you're pumped about just all of it honestly <laughs> and it's it was a lot but like even some of the smaller things like i know it's so easy to point out like all the marvel shows are like you know i'm excited for ahsoka or the lando series or yeah. you know the falcon and the winter soldier or armor wars or iron heart but i'm also excited for some of the other things that kind of got pushed to the side after all the star wars and disney news came out like I'm a huge fan of the Alien franchise, despite its flaws. So, like, the Alien series on FX, I'm really excited for. And a lot of the new Pixar shows and movies, and as well as Disney animation, I found all those really got shoved to the side quickly. But what the thing that kind of stuck out to me the most, and I know it's kind of odd for someone like me to say it, who's, you know, like, heterosexual white male and stuff like that, but I was really, really happy to see the amount of diversity we got among all the shows, like the different Disney and Pixar animation shows. Agreed, yeah. So much diversity. And I was so happy to see it because Disney has been criticized for a lot of that stuff. And they're like, okay, well you only have black Panther or you haven't had like a female led superhero movie yet until Captain Marvel. But like they really showed here that they are, it's not just like a PR stunt. Like they are full force pushing for more diversity you have all these shows animation and live action you're gonna have armor wars and ironheart and miss marvel and all these other you know big shows right it's awesome i didn't even i didn't even think about that like before this the only like uh the only like um black black led like superhero show a movie that they had was black panther i realized yeah you have ironheart you have armor wars uh you have miss marvel who is a who is a, um a pakistani and mm-hmm. uh, like that yeah i think you're right and then even the animation side you have that that giant like i'm really excited for that like it's like an african kind of city yes, like yeah Milwaukee, uh, like like that looks really really good and then you go to like that that show that's like set in like italy like Luca. exactly like, oh, yeah and that's what i mean right like the amount of diversity yeah. they've put on display is incredible and honestly it's almost unparalleled because like you don't really see like any of the other big studios like dc doing that you know what i mean like they're competitors you don't really see them pushing so much for diversity as much as disney seems to be which to me is fantastic to see yeah i would agree um 100 percent. as far as for me goes i i think uh i got really excited for like the fx stuff fx is looking like it's 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 uh it's really honing in or having like disney as like a partner and mm-hmm. as far as like you know having those like kind of new outlets to get people to go because we do see a lot of these channels these big channels that we watch on tv kind of pushing and moving to streaming because like slower and slower streaming is becoming like the new powerhouse in media and um this 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 uh this pandemic really showed that like numbers skyrocketed for streaming services because um not a lot of people didn't want to just watch the news you know so mm-hmm. all playing on every channel not every channel you have all all the uh I, I just think TV, even myself, I'm kind of going back and forth or on like, um, like on like get probably cutting the cord. Like I'm, I'm, I'm honestly considering it because I realize besides like wrestling and like the challenge and like big brother when that's on, like I rarely ever watch TV. Like I was, you know, the election, of course I was all over that, but like, you know, um, when every channel was just showing what's going on with the coronavirus, what crazy thing that the president say, I agree, um, yeah. 
TV is fucking ridiculousness. The, <laughs> the, 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 um, the network. And I'm like, what is going on? You know what I mean? I think TV really, really lost its variety. It and if you, even if you do, even if you do have like a favorite show on TV, hop on Hulu the next day and it's there. Exactly. I'm never, I, I haven't, the, I can't tell you the last time where I watched something the day it like premiered on television, besides like wrestling, like mm-hmm. I, or like a big brother, maybe, but even big brother this season, I was like watching it off my DVR the next day, yeah. you know, and Hulu Agreed. has that option with a lot of the, your favorite shows, whether it's on ABC, FX, CBS, you just, the next day it's there. So, um, I really, I really do think that FX being like that one kind of channel to kind of, okay, we have Hulu and we have these shows that go straight to Hulu, but they're a Netflix property, like a teacher and Miss America, uh, Miss America and stuff like that. CBS access has kind of become like a big thing with that Star Trek show, you know? So, um, yeah, so the stuff with FX made me excited. I know the quality of that alien show is going to be great, you know, mm-hmm. uh, better than better than if it was on like a sci-fi. I know it's going to be amazing, like the quality of it. Uh, I'm super excited for that. And then uh, they announced the adults kind of version overseas right now, but they announced the do- the long overdue adult section of yes. Oh my god. Star. Um, hopefully that comes to the U.S. soon because that makes you have all they have all the searchlight. They have all the um, they have all the Fox kind of stuff. So I think it's gonna be so cool to like you know have Disney Plus and then hey I'm 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 watching like I'm watching The Mandalorian. Let me hop over and watch like uh like Deadpool or something or like exactly. the, you know what or like a, the favorite. You know I'm super excited. Yeah, no, that's yeah. something we desperately need because right now Disney Plus relies on nostalgia. And then Star Wars, basically, because there's, like, nothing Marvel. Like, of course, like, you know, they have the MCU movies and things like that. But they have this entire Fox catalog, and they're essentially just outsourcing it to, like, third-party streaming services. Like, why not use it? Why not create a section? Even if you had to put a couple of loopholes, like, you need to have a passcode on it or something so the kids don't get in there. or Something like that. Like, you know, a parental lock. But they have so many shows and so many movies. This should have been a part of the service rate from the get-go. And I would totally be on board to even if they increased the monthly even if they like for me right now canadian it's 8.99 i would be fully okay if they put in this section like the r-rated section of canada if they jacked the price up to like 12.99 or something because yeah. to me it would make Which it so much are. more worth it because i was this close Dwayne. you can't see my fingers right now but like they're <laughs> practically touching in november i i was this close to canceling my subscription because i did it yearly and i was this close and i was like you know what mandalorian's coming out and then wandavision's pretty soon so we'll see what happens and i'm glad right. i didn't because now it's like january's wandavision march is uh the falcon and the winter soldier may is loki summer is what if next Holy fall shit, yeah, yeah next fall is miss marvel and mandalorian season three it's just the, you know they're coming at you now and i'm like all right yeah. that's why i Must kept my a- my subscription What's the adult section? I got to be honest with you, too. I was the same way. After the nostalgia kind of wears down, I remember a couple of world like world shows ago. I'm like, dude, I don't even want this Disney Plus. Any- what do I use it for? I watched my Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. I watched my Lizzie McGuire's. I watched my old MCU movies in 4K. I watch, You know what I'm saying? I watched exactly. in 4K. I was like really, really struggling to find a reason to keep it. And the reason why I just kept it, because it's like so cheap. It uh-huh. feels like... It was like a really, if it was like $15, I would have gotten rid of it. Like the, after a few months. Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought that it's so cheap definitely helps. 
But then after all of this, I've been saying for months that you they need content like nostalgia can only keep so much people i think that's why so many families bought into disney plus which is it's smart you know you got nostalgia you can show your kids the movies that you love the shows that you love do you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i i get it but in the for for you to have some legs i think you need some content and they are coming around they coming out strong whether not even just star wars and star wars and marvel they announced a lot of series for the disney plus uh app as well like they announced like animation they announced a lot of a lot of new stuff so like with that being said i'm I'm, like super excited for that and whatnot just everything coming to disney plus like animate like we have like shows for like zootopia baymax uh we have like tiana show like a lot of these new kind of movies that Lightyear movie or whatever like um i'm super excited for all of that stuff too yeah no absolutely and that's what i mean right like it's it's overall it's it's super exciting they're finally coming to terms with like okay if we really want this thing to survive we have to adapt and, and grow because that was what they've been lacking right that things like netflix have is all of that yeah. original content and now yeah. they're, they're finally coming out and they're coming out fast and furious because we had what it was like 10 marvel shows 10 disney or yeah 10 marvel shows 10 star wars shows 15 pixar and disney animation 15 of this and that and it's like absolutely insane how much they're coming out with and that's just in the next like two or three years Right, and I remember a couple of years ago when Netflix said they had like 170 original stuff coming to like Netflix in the next year. Everybody was like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. Da, da, da. I'm like, I think that's what keeps Netflix like so fresh because it's new stuff, whether it's an anime, whether it's movies, whether it's TV, whether it's foreign TV. Like my mom is watching this like foreign show that she's absolutely loving. Like there's something for everyone when it comes. And they also, they're, they're doing a lot of reality stuff, which I'm a huge fan of reality television. Like I love it. You know, they just added like, are you the, are you, are you the one season like first couple of seasons on Netflix? I'm like, okay, cool. I remember back in the summer they had a too hot to handle, which was great. You know, just great reality television. They're doing all of that stuff. I I, I kind of hope they get into the, the competition stuff because I'm a big fan of like amazing, of the amazing race and yeah. and then like the challenge and the, even like a Big Brother kind of show on Netflix would be kind of cool. I I, th- I would love to see them get into more competition uh, shows. But yeah, they're doing a lot, and I, th- I think that's what keeps Netflix so fresh. And you have something like a Disney Plus to where like, I mean, it was fresh for like two months, but. You know, I need something else and just the Mandalorian and High School Musical, you know? So um, now it seems like they're just going full force. Yeah. Which I'm um, yeah, 100%. Okay, so uh, I want to get right quickly into the Marvel shows. Um, which ones are you looking forward to as far as, like, they show the trailers for WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki? Being honest, the show I'm most excited for, at, do you watch the channel New Rockstars? I do not. Okay, it's a, it's a YouTube channel where they where they do like they do like uh they dive into like different kind of plot points where where like they do they do like kind of like a deep dive into what the shows can be about. Okay. Um, and after watching that, I think I'm most excited for the Loki show, which is crazy because I did not care for the Loki show at all. But the thought of like him going through different timelines and like stopping events and being the cause of other events, I think it's really really cool. Um, WandaVision looks absolutely trippy, and I love it. Um, the Falcon and the Soldier, like I like I told Hannah on Friday, like it looks good, but like I, I'm, I'm still like, I mean, 
what else? You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. To me, it seems like the that's like, the one that's the most yeah, yeah, like MCU of the MCU shows. The rest of them seem to be going a different route. Like you said, like Loki, you have the different jumping between the different timelines and stopping or causing world events. And WandaVision's just its whole other beast. What if is literally what if and it's got this cool animation style and miss marvel is like our first hero from pakistan and things like that and there's definitely like some mixing up here and there but then like the falcon and winter soldier feels like it's the more of the same still exciting but more of the same that's what i said like i i'm I'm not i'm not not looking for i am looking like i'll get really excited when march comes around oh yeah you know falcon and the winter soldier let's get into it let's see all the crazy movie like stuff that they were product that they're promising with that show Definitely. um i'm excited but i do think like as far as going into i i said i remember i said this a while ago too to like hannah on the live show i think now is, is the time for marvel to embrace all the weird shit that they got you know i think just going you have the people like you have them they're all here you're gonna have movies that are successful these shows are gonna be successful on the on the app i think it's now to change it up and get weird with everything multiverse different timelines yeah, totally. all, all that stuff I'm, I'm all for it because it seems like it seemed like for the longest time they were avoiding stuff like that just because it, it, it probably wouldn't cater to the average audience. But, you know, with the WandaVision show and Loki, they're going full force. And then the Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange, they're going full force with that. So I'm excited to see what they do. Um, okay, so I want to get into the Warner Brothers stuff uh, real quickly and and um, just kind of get your thoughts because I've, I've spoken ad nauseum. As well, <laughs> the Warner Brothers scenario. If you haven't heard the other shows, I think it's a disaster. What's going on? I'm very happy that directors are and um, like people are upset. They're getting a lot of. It's it's very. I and Hannah was like baffled when I said this. I was like, I'm not surprised. It's not surprised. This is a very Warner Bros. thing. This is what they do. Like mm. this is like. Of course they didn't tell anybody. Of course they paid Gal Gadot. Of course they uh they 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 paid Patty to be like, hey, support this. You know, I'm, Gal Gadot is like doing this bullshit quote like, oh, I'm so excited that everyone can be at mm. home. Gal, Gal, let's be <laughs> like, come on, okay, like. I, I, of course, I'm just, I'm not surprised. Of, if this was like uh, Paramount, I'd be like, dude, what? I'm not surprised that this is Warner Brothers. Like, and, and then of course, it's coming out that they that that you know a, a lot of sources are saying that you know the big the, the big reason why they did this is to kind of get a jump on Disney Plus and to kind of get people talking about HBO Max, and that's why they want to change the name now, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and then I have to go on Twitter, and people see, like, oh my god, this is for the people. They're doing this to, like, protect us. No, they're not! <laughs> oh, they don't they can give two shits about if you go to the theater or not. They, they're doing this because HBO Max has been a disaster since launch. A disaster to where, hey, you got, you got the Harry Potter movies on there, a month later, they just vanish. Oh, you got Aquaman on there? It's two weeks later. It's vanished. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a disaster. They got, like, 8 million subs. Disney announced after a year, they got they, they reached their they reached their goal. They, like, surpassed their goal. They had, like, 86 million. Yeah, they surpassed and, their goal that they set for, like, three years after long. Year. They passed it after, and, like, a year. And I told him, that's after one show. That's one show, okay? And, like, so, listen... This was never about keeping people out of theaters um, to be safe. 
giving people an option. Maybe that was some people in in their in that in that company's idea, but in the for in the in the front of the goal for this decision was because we have an app that was supposed to rival Disney Plus, and it, it's not. <laughs> I I don't hear anyone talk about HMX ever. Ever, you know, ever. So it's like this is this this that's what this is. Sorry if you're a fan, but that's what this they don't give two shits like what your thoughts are. This is just because we are struggling with this app. We need to make a big move. This is the move. So with that being said, let's get your I'm always ranting about this thing. <laughs> let's get some of your thoughts. What was your main reaction when this whole thing was announced leading up to now? Yeah, I'm completely on board with you. I think we kind of knew that anyway from being on Twitter so actively and stuff like that, but I was completely outraged. I think it's ridiculous. Movies need to be seen in theaters. Not all of them, of course. You get your little indies and things like that that can go like straight to you know video on demand and other things like that, and that's fine, but the majority of these movies that they announced need to be seen in theaters and i understand that's not obviously ideal right now some people like can't even if they wanted to because their theaters aren't open and i understand some people's arguments about it being like well you know we're during a pandemic and stuff like that but that doesn't change the fact that i don't want to see people or i myself don't want to be watching something like kong versus godzilla on my fucking tv at home like i love my setup and stuff like that don't get me wrong You know, I put money into it so I can enjoy movies at home as much as I can, but I want the theater to fucking shake when I'm watching something like that. You know what I mean? And and like Wonder Woman 1984 or any of the big movies that are coming out next year, like they deserve Dune, especially. Oh my God. I do not want to sit home and watch Dune on, you know, my home screen or see people watching it on their smartphones or their MacBooks and things like that. Like, these are movies that need to be seen on the biggest theater screen possible. So just at that, I was outraged. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I understand, but you'd be better off delaying it. Like, you're essentially killing movie theaters. And some people are like, movie theaters will serve. Like, I have had a lot of people kind of at odds with me at this. And it's fine, because obviously it seems like there's this discourse where there's people like us who are kind of outraged by all this. But then there's people that are like, yeah, they're doing it for us. What are you complaining about? They're doing it for us. It's it's not safe to go to movie theaters. Like, relax. We're during, it's the middle of a pandemic, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, delay the movies. Like, yeah, it might not be like, yeah. People, they were like, oh, I'm seeing all this. Like, oh my God, you guys only care. You guys only care about like money and you guys are just rich. I'm like, dude, no one is saying release these movies tomorrow. (laughs) They're saying delay them before the experience and to sustain theaters. Because I've said this, if you are a a listener, an avid listener to the show, you'd hear me say this ad nauseum. Because you, the cinephile, are going to go to the movies every single every single week and love that experience does not mean the casual moviegoer which is the fucking heart heartbeat of the movie theater right now because i can tell you what that's not us we might as cinephiles think that oh my god we keep the theaters open we keep the indie theaters open but when it comes to an amc a regal those are cinephiles keeping that theater open you know why because you know why when you go to a theater you don't see a fucking nomad land make a hundred million dollars in the box office you don't see like a mank making like $200 million in a box. You see the box, the, the blockbusters, and the reason that's the case is because casuals flock to blockbusters. That's just a sad reality. I'm sorry. That's what it is. But 
if you take all that stuff out and you give casuals the option of staying at home and watching this blockbuster or going to the theater, um, they're going to stay at home and save a kajillion dollars. That's just the case. And if you think at AMC theaters who are already struggling, like this pandemic has wiped out their stuff. Like they already said next year, like they're, they're out. That's it. We're, we're out of money. If you think of AMC is surviving 2021 with that idea, then that's it. I say, I, I told my mother, I said, the only way that theaters are, are like are good right now is because we still have a Disney who's committed to doing this on you know doing the theater experience we have a universal who although the 14 day they're still doing the opening day theater experience um we have a paramount if all of those theaters decided tomorrow and say hey listen 2020 2021 all of our movies are going to be on whatever the fuck theaters are done that's mm-hmm. it like they're done like a disney where like each like at least like nine out of ten of their films make a billion dollars. If that just gets wiped away from from theaters, do you think they're gonna sustain? No. Oh my god, I just yeah. get it. You know, yeah, I, and the amount of people I see crying for something like Black Widow just to be like, oh, just put it on Disney Plus already. I'm like, no, do not do that. I do it even for the the premium access bullshit. Like, no, don't do that. I want to see that in theaters and yeah, but yeah, just continuing on. With that, it's just, yeah, the fact, the matter of the fact is, and some people are right, like, theaters aren't always necessarily, like, there is probably no doubt that streaming is the future, but I'd like to keep theaters around for as long as possible, and you, you really got it perfectly right there. It's not us, the cinephiles, that are going to the movie theater multiple times a week that make the money. It's the people, you know, it's the general public, and that's kind of what I mean. I'm like, people... Yeah, yeah families, couples, all that stuff. You know, it's it's exactly. not us. I'm sorry, it's it's not us. Like then you have like the sleeper hits of like a an indie, not an indie, but like a more kind of cinephile movie, like I Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's because audiences love Tarantino. But yeah. if you go drop Chloe Zhao, I'm I'm sure it's amazing. And this is no disrespect to Chloe Zhao and Nomadland. If you go drop that next week in a regular world, it's going to open up to like $15 million. And then it's going to cap off domestically at probably like 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 25 or 30. If you think those kind of releases are going to sustain in the movie theater without blockbusters, then I just, I don't know what to tell you. I just, exactly. I, I, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what's going to happen, right? Is some people say that, or yeah, I've had arguments with people like that too, saying like, oh, this is going to happen anyway, and blah, 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 and it's because of the pandemic. I'm like, look, it might not be what's going to end theaters, but it's definitely pushing it towards that direction because if they do stick to their plan and they release all of these on streaming and it ends up being successful, you will undoubtedly see more and more companies see, switch to this of, method and that's what's going to kill theaters. You think a fucking Sony wouldn't want to make a deal with like a Netflix and be like, hey, you know, you think a Sony wouldn't do that? Or Universal is already like talking about, hey, Trolls did great. Why the hell are we doing this theater thing? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. You, you think a Universal Universal wouldn't just make a deal with like an Amazon Prime Video or just like make their own service mm-hmm. and just believe their movies because that's the that's what's gonna happen if this thing I, I just I'm praying that this thing does not go in the format I don't yeah. care the back, I don't care the backlash from my so called cinephiles I I don't care because. <laughs> It's not a good move at all. It's not the way of the fucking future, like some idiots are saying. Like this is not that either. This is this is this is the death of cinema. There will be books about this in ten years called <laughs> the death of cinema and how it started and the way it started. 
is probably streaming, and then HBO, and then HBO, and then Warner Brothers and HBO Max. That's just that's I'm sorry, you know, that's just what's gonna happen. Yeah, and you're so, you're pretty much right there, and that's and of course, obviously, just to kind of cap it off, you're completely right too. The fact that I'm not surprised at all. I'm well, actually, I'm a little bit flabbergasted. I'm just kind of stunned that they would even do that in the sense that they they didn't let anyone know. The only people that seemed to be in on this plan was Gal Gadot, who got ten million dollars to basically, you know pump this up and you know the whole pr strategy and oh it warmed my heart seeing you know thinking about everyone watching it together on christmas morning like no honey that's fucking bullshit like you're a great actress and things like that and well i wouldn't say great but you know what i mean she's a great wonder woman and stuff and she seems like she's a nice person and everything (laughs) but you know the matter of the fact is that you got paid 10 million dollars which was bigger than she got for her first like three major roles like i think for the first wonder woman she literally got like hundreds of thousands if not like maybe a million dollars so getting 10 million dollars that was a nice purse for her and i'm sure patty jenkins also probably a total sweetheart she seems like she is but she likely got a good purse from it too so i don't blame these other movie stars like keanu reeves and margot robbie and all these other ones like these a-listers that were named is basically saying their agents are like taking legal action against warner bros because Gal Gadot got $10 million to agree to this. The rest of them weren't even in the know that this was even happening. And the directors especially, like these people give up months and months, if not years of their lives developing these movies just to find out one morning without being consulted whatsoever that their movie was going from a theater to a streaming service. Like that is the biggest, most disrespectful slap in the fucking face I have ever heard. And Christopher Nolan's right. A lot of people are trying to bash him. It's kind of 50-50. But the fact is that Warner Bros. trying to blame the whole tenant bombing on him, but it was actually them that released it and pushed him to release it, and he wanted to delay it and all that jazz. That sort of stuff is kind of back and forth and up in the air right now. But it's true. He's like, you go to bed one night thinking that you're working for one of the best movie studios on the planet, and you wake up to find out you're all of a sudden being pushed to one of the worst streaming services. Because you're right with HBO Max. it's They're getting more... Uh, more frequently I see HBO Max mentioned in a negative light than I do a positive light because all I see is people bitching about the movies and the shows that are leaving after having only been on there for like a month instead of being like, oh my god, HBO Max is amazing, I love it, it's this, that, did you watch this new show, did you see this new movie that came out like Friday or whatever, it's all negative about HBO Max, it always is, and you're right, they're jumping ship and jumping HBO Max to try and save the streaming services because they tried to push it so hard but they just they don't know how to run it. They don't know what they're doing, so they're like, okay, well, we can save it using this. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a clusterfuck is really what it is. I have so many thoughts and opinions because every day it seems like we're getting more information, but it's just it's so greedy in my eyes. It's ridiculous. They're, they're killing theaters. They're not consulting with the people who gave up so much of their time to develop this passion and things like that, and, and their creative rights, essentially, and like you saw legendaries coming after them for Dune and Call Godzilla versus Kong because they paid for like 75% of the movie and it was not in their agreement when they passed on the rights for distribution to have it distributed to HBO Max like oh it's a shit show it really is it's 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 ridiculous they're not even on fucking Roku like (laughs) you you want to rival this gargantuan of a streaming service you want to rival netflix you want to rival hulu get your ass on roku get get your they just got on got on amazon fire tv they just got on it so they're not even international yet and you want to release it 
I don't know. I just baffled. Okay. I yeah. No like I don't even have HBO Max. Most of my stuff just ends up on Crave or doesn't come at all. So yeah. that's like the Canadian equivalent. So it's yeah, it's absolutely insane. The, just the disrespect I think and the greed and everything else is on full display and it's really given Warner Bros a bad rep. At least yeah, for yeah. a lot of people. Of course, there are still the general audiences that outweigh our opinions and that, you know, are siding against Christopher Nolan or Denis Villeneuve for speaking up. Like the people, though, that disrespect them for feeling disrespected from their work, like when Denis Villeneuve spoke up and people are like, oh, come on, seriously, like, what does this guy have to complain about? And blah, blah, blah. And like, you're getting your paycheck and it's the middle of a pandemic and all that shit. I'm like, shut the fuck off. Like, this guy put his heart and soul into this movie. He clearly is so passionate. The man spent, like, months or years working on just the fucking sandworms. And you're just gonna, like, spit in his face for having an opinion about his art being put on a streaming service? That's not, like you said, like, you know... Yeah, one comment I saw was... One comment I saw was, get with the program, get this is the future... What a geek. Like, this, what are you guys, what is going on here? Mind you, a lot of these are comments from people who have started watching movies in like, in like 2020 and whatnot, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, regarding, we're, we're running close to the end of the show, but I want to get into some last few topics before we get off the show. Uh, the Last of Us, um, winning the game of the year. Listen, I wasn't surprised, but for me, I think I, I had a little bit more fun with Ghost of Tsushima, but because The Last huh? of Us, Listen, I, I I find Ghost of Tsushima way more replayable and re like you know what I mean rewatchable as far as the story goes. Um, I'm actually replaying the story now to where a Last of Us. I, I if I ever want to go back to play like a mission or so, I would have to be dropped into this this sad, depressing like world. <laughs> and I'm not saying I liked and I thought the story like watching like doing the story a, a second time and watching uh. And watching like videos of people kind of dissect the story, I do think the story is very, very, very messy. As far as we have this really, really story, we had this really great story going on. We have about we had this really great story going on in the um, you know, with far as Ellie finding Abby, and then we just switched to Abby, and we have Lev and these people and random and stuff like that. A whole another kind of story happening. You know, when you switch to Abby and whatnot, I'm not even upset anymore that they, that they switch to Abby, but it's just the goal of Abby's story is never going, oh, uh, I, oh my God, this, 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 uh, this person that I almost killed is coming after me and my, me and my friends. I have to find her before she finds me. That becomes a story like later. And then, but then like, it, but before that, we have to go through a whole new faction, uh, Lev, Manuel, or whatever his name is. It's stuff happening. So, um, yeah, I will say, as far as the story goes and just gameplay, I think I enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima a lot, a lot more. But I, 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 as far as like the 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 game being as close, the closest I've ever seen to watching the movie, I would say that okay, I understand. You know, so where are you? What about you? Which where, where yeah, no, no, I definitely I respect your opinion, of course, and that's what I like. Like talking to yeah. someone like you who actually has like valid reasons for liking one over the other, and has like actual genuine issues versus just like no muscle girl bad kill Joel bad blah 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 you know what I mean but personally yeah. I did prefer the last of us part two but of course you know that just comes down to preference right um but like you know you definitely you, you have some very real issues with it and of course like I totally get that and I understand a lot of them too I guess I just kind of can overlook them or maybe I don't 
have as much of an issue with them as you do, but I was very right. satisfied and I was glad that The Last of Us Part Two won. It was nice though that Ghost of Tsushima was really recognized quite a bit and won things like Best Art Direction and stuff like that, which it totally deserved. Um, but yeah, overall, for The Last of Us Part Two winning, I was super happy. That was my pick to win. And then if we're talking the game awards in general... I was, like, kind of mixed. I think the awards and the winners were good, but I think that the show overall, like, they did the best they could, and props to Geoff Keighley for still getting this off the ground and, and running um, during the pandemic and things like that, which I thought was phenomenal, and the presentation was great. But it really felt like the world premiere show featuring some short bursts of awards because there were times that they were just like, all right, let's keep going. Best art direction, Ghost of Tsushima, best action game, like yeah. whatever it was, Hades and blah, blah, blah. And they just kind of like five awards in a row or they didn't even announce any of them or they were just like in the pre-show where people weren't even watching and stuff like that. So I feel like they really kind of disrespected the like awards portion of it, except for the game of the year. And it was really just the world premiere show. But the thing is, I only actually like genuinely cared about like one world premiere. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest, I, I just like oh. didn't give a shit about Like It was the world premieres were super lackluster in my mind. People yeah. clearly wanted more when they heard that there was going to be like 30 showcases and like 12 to 15 of them were going to be like new things that people hadn't seen before. And then we got like two or three things that were actually worth talking about. And the rest was just like bullshit filler. I was really let down and disappointed by the world premieres that they did show off aside from like two or three. Yeah. And I, 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 I would a hundred percent agree. Um, I unfortunately couldn't, didn't watch it. Cause like it was going up against the Disney investor day mm. and I was like, I won, I'm way more invested into this. And I watched the highlights. I guess, I guess I didn't really miss much. I thought it was a huge flex to have Brie Larson announce, uh, announce that Abby. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I think that's so hilarious and everyone's going to be so upset or whatever. Um, did you, Listen, I thought I, I think I, ugh, I don't know. I think, listen, this is probably going to sell. I feel like the, I feel like Laura Bailey won that award kind of just to spite the dude bros, which I'm fine with because I thought, I th- I just thought um, the Ellie was so much more powerful in that, in that story than Abby's acting. I don't know. It's, it, that was a really tough, it was a really tough ca- uh, category. Um, Naji uh Naji Jeter, I forget his I think that's his name. Uh he was nominated with uh for Miles and I thought I think Miles is annoying at, at parts uh in that game and whatnot. But if it if you if you if you had to give me like uh Ashley Johnson's uh Ellie or Laura Bailey's Abby, I feel like there's a lot of moments, especially with spoiler alert, um Joel's getting killed where like Ellie is so that's just such a hard that's just such a scary and sad performance to watch. You know, um, I did. Th- I do. I do think Laura Bailey's was great, but um, yeah, I don't know. As far as far as that goes, so um, I guess we'll see stuff. Brett, oh, hey, can you hear me? Back now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what you're cutting in and out for a little bit, and then it just like completely booted you. So you're good now, yeah. though. My Wi-Fi, so let's uh we can um I have to do a lot of editing probably to fix this. Yeah, no oh, worries. Okay. So um did you hear what I said though? I heard bits and pieces of it. Okay, okay. So I'm basically saying that I think I thought uh basically I thought that um uh, uh Ashley Johnson's performance as Ellie was a lot more Laura Bailey one just to kind of yeah. spite everyone. Yeah, I think that was that was that was my Yeah, uh, I'm my kind idea. of in the same boat. 
Yeah, because I, 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 I feel like the I feel general. Like, yeah, I think they both gave excellent ones. Yeah, but, I think Ashley Johnson was just way, way, way more stronger than uh than uh what happened, you know, with uh Laura Bailey and um and Abby, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no, I, I agree. I think that is kind of the reason. I think it's mixed. Like I would if I were in that room, kind of a fly on the wall, I think I would have heard something like it was pretty neck and neck in the voting but they decided to give it to Laura Bailey because of how much backlash she received and, and, you know, like the likely the death threats and things like that, that she probably got. Whereas Ashley Johnson was widely praised overall. I feel like Laura Bailey was more half and half, but the half that didn't like her performance were people that were just the dude bros and were literally making threats against her life and stuff. So I would say that they probably gave it to her because of that. Not to say her performance wasn't amazing because it really was, but I think you're right that Ellie's, you know, Ashley Johnson as Ellie was a bit stronger overall. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, listen, a, what my, my girlfriend's sister said a few weeks ago, hey, what do you want for Christmas? We do this We do this every year. I tell her something. She tells me something. She told me, like, oh, whatever from Sephora. I said, okay, great. And then she said, I said, she's like, I heard you got a PS5. I can get you a new game. I said, okay, cool. Cyberpunk 2077. And she's like, okay. Then I realized, I, I tell her, Cyberpunk 2077 for the PS5. And she's like, I can't find it. So we talking about, and she's like, I, I can't find it. This is PS4. And then I realized that it's not coming out for the PS5. It's the PS4, but you get the kind of up, graphical upgrade or whatever when you when you put it in a PS5. I said, I mean, okay. A little <laughs> weird, but okay. Then ice launch day happens, and we have riots on the streets. I'm looking at these videos. I'm looking at reviews from like people who are just Meg, our very own Meg, bought the game launch day. It took like forever to download. Then she opens it and she says that it's just not playable. It's just, just, it's awful. You know, I said, wow. <laughs> and I called my girlfriend's sister. I said, Therese cancel it just i i i'm <laughs> i don't i even if i have the ps5 and it's probably gonna gonna play great and fine and serviceable i am all set um i told her to watch dogs 3 instead uh, screw that i uh, that's that's unacceptable i mean i know they were pressured to release the game but it's not even like i would be i would be more i feel may i i'd feel way more bad I feel much bad for like like way more pity for them if they just said, "Hey, listen, PS4, last gen, Xbox One, it's just it's not gonna run the greatest, but we are working on a patch." They they like they specifically went to reviewers and they told them not to show footage of PS4 and Xbox One, which was very shady. So I don't feel bad on their part at all because they knew that it was not playable on last gen and i see all these stupid comments like oh why'd you expect for it to work on a 2013 console listen dick okay <laughs> i i booted up red dead redemption which is a massive map 
Grand Theft Auto Five came out in two thousand like thirteen or fourteen. Which one? Because that came out as a launch. One of the one of the other PS4 upgrades when that came out, and it's also a massive map. And I have never seen The Witcher Three a massive map. What else am I missing? The Last of Us Part Two, which looks like a next gen game, when I booted it up on the PS4. So I don't want to hear that it's because you have a PS4. This should it should work if you have a PS5. Listen, dick again. The game is released on PS4, and it doesn't work. What? <laughs> I don't know, Brad. I don't know if you got it, and you're just like I know Tyler has it. He's been he said it crashed on him five times mm-hmm. or four times, whatever. I I'm not getting it until like 2023 or something. This is the <laughs> yeah, I got it actually. I have it on the me and my brother got it digitally on the PS5. So it's like the PS4 version. Um, he's a lot further than me. He said he's experienced a pretty good amount of crashes. I'm only about four or five hours in. I haven't experienced any crashes yet personally. Uh, it's running pretty well with a few visual bugs and stuff like that, but I'm sort of in the middle with you. I agree. If they are releasing it on the hardware, it should definitely work, but I also do feel like CD Projekt Red was almost a little bullied into releasing it, but here's what should have happened. Well, I mean, I think it is, because I, I did kind of tweet out that meme and things like that, and I think it's pretty accurate that it was like, think about it, last time they announced back in October that it was delayed just until December, which was only like a month. Yeah, their stock dropped by like 25 or 30 percent, which is how much it dropped ever since the the game released. And there was all this backlash. So and that was multiple times, right? Every time they announced that they were delaying it again, there was a huge uproar online, people, you know, like canceling pre-orders and their stock dropping and all that stuff. So I do feel like to a certain degree they were bullied, but you are right. There were some shady things going on in the background. This is what should have happened in my mind, and this is kind of where I'll leave it. Like, Because personally, right now, I am enjoying the game, despite its its flaws and things like that. But yeah. what should have happened is, and I know it's a shame, and I hate to say it, because I'm not trying to sound like, you know, I'm this whatever, because I have, you know, a PS5 and stuff like that. I realize that a lot of people, the majority of people, were not fortunate enough to land a Series X or a Series S or a PS5 or might not have a 4K TV or a high-end PC I understand that what CD project red should have done is delayed this game by like another year or more if need be and only released it on next gen and PC because it clearly was not cut out by design for the PS4 or Xbox one. Dude. And I, I, and listen, I, you video games are going to have bugs. Like I remember uh, WWE 20, uh, 2K20 was like a, walking, <laughs> oh, yeah. a, walking, a walking meme of bugs, okay? And listen, I play Spider-Man on PS5, and there's still bugs here and there. Like a, a, a bad guy will get caught on the floor. I'm like, all right, you know, I got to restart the checkpoint, whatever. But that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Like Meg was like, dude, I can't even walk. Like I'm dying when <laughs> I'm walking. Uh, my car is not here, but I'm driving. What? What? So, if you knew it was that bad, I think. Listen, take the take the hit, take the stock plunge. Eight million people already bought it. You just delay it again because this is a disaster. Then yeah, they, they did do a like a they did a, a statement today. I won't read the whole statement, but they did a whole statement saying we apologize. PR bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But listen, I'll read some of the statements. Here it is. 
Um, dear gamers, first of all, we would like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last gen consoles before it premiered and in consequence, not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid more attention to making it play better on PS4 and Xbox One. Okay, that's fine. Uh, second, we will fix up bugs, crashes. Then they're taking all the stuff. You get a patch in January. Um, la, 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 all that stuff. Um, yeah, so I was excited. I was excited to dive into a new RPG kind of world. It's looking like it's not going to happen for a while because I need like three patches before I even like, oh, maybe because I even though I <laughs> PS5, and I could just go and play it. Probably, and it's probably gonna work fine. Crashing my system. I'm. I saw. I saw. I saw people saying that it bricked some of their PS5s. I'm. I'm good. Like I need. I need time. Like I. So realistically, if it's up to me, I'd get it in probably like March. Like at least like two mm-hmm. more updates. You know. Um, yeah. I do want to see it. I, I'm hearing good things about the store. Like I'm. I'm seeing PC footage and it looks great. And I'm like, what happened? I don't know. So. Um, yeah, and people stop defending this move, please. Like the defending this <laughs> as, as close as defending like like uh, this is just stop defending. I don't have a good example, but just stop defending this. Stop saying it's because you have an outdated system when we have games like Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption Two and and like and Uncharted and all these amazing looking games and long yeah, massive games. Stop, stop, stop defending this. This is not okay. This is not acceptable. They knew it wasn't. That's why they. That's why they said, "Hey, don't review the PS4 copies, please." So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, everyone, that is the end of the show. I really appreciate you guys all for listening. Um, thank you guys for joining us. As always, we have a really good week ahead up on the podcast. Uh, today we have our. Uh, today we have our review for Promising Young Woman, and. Uh, we will also have uh, um, some other reviews coming at the end of the week, and we will have a couple episodes of Cinemania Live coming soon as well. Stay tuned for everything. We appreciate you guys all for listening. My name is Dwayne. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Cinemaniac94, and you can follow uh, you can fo- you can follow um, the page, the podcast on Twitter as well at Cinemania, Cinemania World. And Brett, let everyone know where they can follow you. This our service is going in and out. Yeah, so. I just noticed that you dipped in and dipped back out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of the above at BamTubeTV. All right, and with that being said, thank you guys for joining us. I really appreciate it. My name is Dwayne. That was Brett. This is the Monday Morning Movie Show. We'll be back next week. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.